Gemara, Rosh Hashanah, Daf Lamed Gimal. Today's Daf is being studied by Adun Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichanu Begin Aiden. Amen. Today's Daf is being studied by Rufuah Shelema Eliyahu Chaim Ben Shafia. En Narefanalo, En Narefanalo, En Narefanalo. For the nephews and for the group. Rufuah Tov Kerubad Abu Vecheni Rasov Elomar. Amen. Begin today's Daf on the Medimal Amudishon on the top line. We learned in our Mishnah. Regarding the shofar of Rosh Hashanah, the Mishnah said that Ein chotchin oto. We are allowed to literally cut the shofar. Ben bedavar shehum mishum shebut. Whether the cutting is going to involve a rabbinical isur. Ben bedavar shehum mishum notase. Or whether it's a zeoraita isur. Either way, one cannot cut the shofar. So comes the Gemara and says. So the Gemara is going to give us the example of what we're talking about. Now, the Shittat Nashi, the discussion is that when you're scraping the shofar, which means you're making the, uh, the hole in the shofar in order to make it uh, usable. So the Isud over here would be an Isud of Makebe Patish, which is your adding final touches. You're making the Keli a Keli. So now, what's the case where it's the right, and what's the case where it's the Rabbanam? So the Gemara says, Mishum Shevut Magla, which is the, the case where it's going to be as soon as the Rabbanam is we're using a sickle. Normally, you don't use a sickle in order to fix a shofar. So that would be considered Nakebe Patish Kilaharyad, that you're using it in a different way, and therefore be as the Rabbanam. Lotasem, the case of Lotasem, Sakina, it's talking about we actually use a knife, which would be the normal way to fashion the shofar, and therefore be isur the oraita. So the Gemara is the obvious question. You told me that even isur the banan, one is not allowed to do in order to fix the shofar. So certainly you cannot use a the oraita fashion, meaning a, a knife. Why does the Mishnah have to tell me that the oraita? For already told me that even the isur the banan is forbidden. The Gemara answers, Zuv and Sarich Lomar Zuketani. The Mishnah is using a style, like we learned on yesterday's daf. Zuv and Sarich Lomar which I gave you the, the, the obvious case, which is the, uh, the Hidush case actually first. And then it says, as if it's saying, I told you this, and it goes without saying this. But it doesn't have to really tell you the second case, because once you tell me the first case, that Yisud Rabbanan is Asur, it's obvious Yisud Rabbanan is going to be Asur as well. That's the way that she understands the sugya. <coughs> However, the Benu Hananel has a different understanding of the sugya. He learns when it says Chotchin, it's not talking about Lachtoch to fix the shofar. He means it's talking about we're actually cutting the shofar off the, off the animal's uh, head itself. And the Isur over would be Kotzer. That's the Isur. And based on this, he has a different reading of the Gemara. Because normally the normal derech of Kotzer is with a sickle. So therefore he holds that the sickle is Isur de Oraita, whereas the knife, it's not the normal way to cut, uh, let's say, wheat from the field with a knife. So that would be the Shvud. So comes out we have a fantastic Mahlok in the Masri Shonim, Tinashi, and the Benu Hananel. What is Choteh? And based on that, we have a uh, different version of the Gemara based on what is the Isur de Oraita and what is the Isur. The Rabbanan comes the Gemara and continues, Aval Imratzal Yiten Maim Oyayin Yiten. Mishnah said, if you want to put water or wine in the shofar, now what would you do that for? In order to smoothen it out and make the sound clearer. <coughs> so the Gemara makes a diuk. Ma'im oyayin in. Mashma that it only can use water or wine. However, meraglayim lo. However, meraglayim, which is uh, the urine that a person would put it in. Now why would a person put that in? It did something. It made the shofar sound Sound good, so what's the difference? So the Gemara says, what's the reason why you can't put it? Manitin Mani, who's the author of our Mishnah? Abba Shauli, the Tanya, Abba Shauli, Omer Maim, Oyayin, Mutar, Kedel, Sachsechom, to clean it out, to make it smooth. However, Meraglaim, Asur, Mepenea, Kavod, which is even though it does the same thing, it's like Kavod, to put the Meraglaim in the Shofar and then use it for a Mitzvah. That is a Mahloket amongst the Hachamim over here when it says, uh, the Meraglaim, exactly what we're talking about. And the Kolbo learned that there was actually a wellspring called Meraglaim, but it was water. According to the uh, Be'er Sheva, he says, no, this is talking about Meraglaim actually. It brings a proof from the Yerushalmi that says 
that regarding uh, one of the, uh, uh, the situations in the Ketoret, exactly. that they could have used Meraglayim to clean one of the spices. And the Gemara said over there, Halo Meraglayim Yafinla, Ela She'emat Nisim Meraglayim Bamikdash Be'akabod. You see, Meraglayim over there was talking about actual Meraglayim. That's why Be'er Shevalen, the Shita Mikubetzer understands that there was a certain Esif, a certain herb, that was called Meraglayim, and they didn't use it only because it's a Ganai. The name is a Ganai. And then we know you shouldn't use something that has a name that is a Ganai for these things. Comes the Gemara and continues. We learned in the Mishnah that we do not refrain the children from blowing the Shofar on Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara makes a diuk. Hanashim me'akevin. The children, you let them blow the Shofar on Rosh Hashanah. However, there's somebody else that you're going to refrain. Who's that? The ladies. So that she says, Hanashim me'akevin. Why would you have to stop the ladies? So that she says, the Bikadushe. The peturot legamre, because ladies are exempt from the mitzvah of shofar, as we know, it's a mitzvah alsech shazman gerama, bound by time. And any mitzvah that's bound by time, ladies are exempt. The mitzvah alsech shazman gerama, vechita kare, ika bal tosif. And when they blow the shofar, that she's holding quite a simple understanding. There's a bal tosif over here, which is the Torah says you cannot add to the mitzvah. You're exempt. You do a mitzvah that you're exempt from, so therefore it's sued because of bal tosif. The Mahar Shalvi here takes the sheet to test. What do you mean, Baltosif? Baltosif is only Shayak if you're obligated in the Mitzvah and you're doing it more than you're uh, with the Torah prescribed. If you're totally exempt from the Mitzvah, the Mitzvah doesn't apply to you. So he says there's no uh, there's no Hayuf, there's no Isud of Baltosif. So the different Ahronim try to explain exactly what Rashi is referring to. One of the uh, interpretations of the Hachamim is actually the Siftih Hachamim. He says like this. If we're going to allow the ladies to blow the shofar on, let's say, Rosh Hashanah, there's no bad tosif. Because really, you're right, they're exempt. But uh, if you allow them to blow the shofar, they would make a count of And they would say like this. And what if we're exempt from this mitzvah? And really, blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, if you're exempt, is really a sudra banan. Because making a sound out of a shofar is a sudra banan. And if still they allow us to blow the shofar anyway... So they're going to come and make a kadahomu when it comes to mitzvot. Let's say that they are uh, obligated in. Of course, they can't be mosif. Whatever mitzvah they're obligated in. Which is like a mosif on a shofar. I mean, I can blow the shofar even though it entails an isudra banan. So certainly on something that I am obligated on, I can be mosif. And that's going to come to baltosif. And the siftah makes it diuk in Rashi. Because if you look at Rashi's lasso and he says, which means he doesn't say Ofrim al-Baltosif there is an issue of Baltosif meaning not in the actual case of the Shofar but the ladies will come to Baltosif in another Inyan uh, and anyway that's the Shita that's the way that she's learning over that the concern was a Baltosif issue Tosafot however argues on the Shita Tosafot says the reason why the ladies cannot blow the Shofar is for the simple reason because it would be Yisud Rabbanan because once you're exempt from the item, so blowing the shofar is it's just a banana, so therefore you cannot blow it. So it's mahalokit, exactly how to learn the reason why the ladies. Either it's a baltosif concern, either literally, like she says, Mama, she holds that there's baltosif even in a mitzvah that you're not obligated in. Maharsha questioned Rashi, so therefore the Maharsha, like we said, Safakim will try to explain that she means not baltosif, but it'll come to baltosif somewhere else. Somewhere else, but Tosfot learns simple. Tosfot says, no, the issue over here is what? The issue is because you're making a Yisudra Banan. Once you're exempt, it's Yisudra Banan. So comes the Gemara and says, Hanashi, second line, second wide line. Hanashi, not kidding me, but the ladies, we stop them. What do you mean we learned to the Brayta? In Ma'akibim, lo et anashim. Velo et atinokot milit kawa, biyom to. We have a Beferush Brayta that says you don't have to stop the ladies from blowing the shofar. The Gemara says, Amar Abayel Akasha. But no question. Harbi Yudah, Harbi Yosef, Harbi Shimon. Taksh Mahlok et Tanaim. The Tanya, we have a Brayta. The Ber el Bene Yisrael. This Pasuk is referring to over here the Mitzvah of Simicha. Because, you know, we know when you bring an animal to the Beit HaMikdash, you place your hands on the animal with full uh, force, and that's called Tzimicha. So the Gemara makes it in Rasha, Bnei Yisrael Sumchin, Ve'en Benot Yisrael Sumchot. 
to David is Bene Yisrael. So here the Gemara seems to refer the word Bene to mean only the men of Israel fulfilled the Mitzvah Shemikah. Ve'en Benot Yisrael Surchot Devered Biyuda. So you see clearly over the Biyuda holds that when a lady is exempt, not only is she exempt, but she is forbidden to do the Mitzvah. And therefore, according to this, would be in Indian, according to the Shia of Baltosif. And it was similarly, by the case of Shofar, when she's exempt from Shofar, it's considered Baltosif, she's going to blow the Shofar. According to the Tosafot, he'll explain that just like the Biudat says a lady who is exempt from Simicha, is Isur to make Simicha. Why? So he'll say, that goes to Baltosif. Because if you're exempt from making Simicha and you make Simicha, it comes out you're using a Korban. Because you're, 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 you're pressing your, your weight and you're leaning against the animal, that's already doing a service with Kodashim. That's forbidden. So therefore, just like uh, this is, she's not, she's not obligated, it becomes a suit. So to Shofar, she's not obligated. It becomes a suit for different reasons. However, if you say, it should be According to those Tanaim, Shashim can be Solech, even though they're exempt. But if they want to, optionally, they can make Simichat similarly. By the shofar, if they want to blow the shofar, even though they're exempt, they may. Comes the uh, t- the tosafot on the, the top tosafot, the big tosafot on the top. How to be with that? How to be Yosef? He comes along and says, "Omer benutam, afagav the stam at nitin kere biyuda." Even though Al Mishnah is following the biyuda, because Al Mishnah says ladies do not blow the shofar. It doesn't really say that. It says that you're able to let the children blow the shofar, implying that the ladies you have to. Stop them. Right. Who's that opinion going like? The Bible says we have a stam mishnah that's being mahmir. Halakha kere biyose. He says, but we still follow halakha kere biyose, meaning that if the ladies want to blow the shofar no shana, they can. Dinimukor imo. Okay, because then uh, the, the 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 reason is with him. He has he has a logic with him. Umaaseh rab. Michal bat Shaul. It says Michal, the daughter of Shaul, She's to put out tefillin. Now, even even though she's exempt from the mitzvah, so she was able to do it. So, what do you see over here? That even though ladies exempt from the mitzvah, you're still able to do it. So, we have ma'aser av. Therefore, ladies are exempt from the shofar, but they want to go to shofar. They may. Now, he continues. Ve'shtos shel Yona. That's the, the prophet. Shaita Ole the Regal. She used to go up to the Regal, meaning in the Yerushalayim. So also you see, you know, they're exempt. She went into the Mizvah. Vau of that, the Perik in the Roshin. Deviyunu la'azrat nashim v'samchu alav nashim. Kedeh la'asot na'atru ahle nashim. Which means, in the Gemara Hagigah says, there was a case where they brought the animal to the Azat Nashim, and they let the ladies make semikah. So from all these stories, so it's supposed to like to prove that the Halakah follows. Rabbi Yosef, that even though ladies are exempt, if they want to fulfill the mitzvah, they may. Now, the Tosafot goes on to another issue, and he says like this. Furthermore, the Tosafot goes to another level. That not only can they do the mitzvah, but they even make a berakah. Even though they're exempt, but once they're involving themselves in it, they can make a berakah. What's this proof, Tosafot? Michal Bat Kushi. Who's Michal Bat Kushi? Michal is the daughter of Shaul. Shaul is called Kushi. Shaita Gam Mevarechet. Tosfot says that uh, she used to make a Beracha, what she put on the Tefillin. So Tosfot brings a proof that you can make a Beracha. Veteda is, I'll bring you a proof. Damina Perika Hovel. Amar of Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says like this. Meikara Amre. Rabbi Yosef was blind. So Rabbi Yosef said about himself. Originally, I would have said, "Man, the Amar Alakah Kribi Yehuda, somebody that says Alakah, that's like Kribi Yehuda." Rabbi Yehuda said, "A blind man is exempt from the mitzvot." So Rabbi Yosef said, "Anybody that would tell me that Alakah falls like Kribi Yehuda, Avida Yomat Tavala Rabbanan, I would have made a party. Why? Delo Mifkadna, I'm not obligated. I'm patur from the mitzvot. Avidna." And, uh, and I'm still doing it. So you see, the, the Yosef held at that point that even though he's exempt in doing it, that's a great, great seclusion. If anybody would tell me, like, I follow the Yehuda, that's so me, I'll make him a party. So I love to hear that I'm patur because I'm still doing it if I get great credit. So Tosfot brings a proof, he says, Now, if he would be forbidden to make a barakat because he's patur, 
Why would he make a party for for this halacha? The halo hayam avseid berachot seseid medulav utfinino megilav and arukav and sukav avdalav bekedushayom berachot shkadet shemashachrit ba'arvid v'chol berachot kudan. What is he making a party for? If he's exempt, and you tell me somebody's exempt loses the berachot, there's something to celebrate. Ella must be that even though you're exempt, you can make a berachah. So that's those fourth proof. How you know you can make a berachah? The first you want to say it could be the halu between a someh. And a and a lady, <coughs> a someh, a blind man. At least he's in the perasha. He's a man. He's in the species of of hayub. But taking a lady, a lady is in the species of exempt. So that could be a uh, an exemption. In any event, Tosfot holds the maaseh that a lady can make a beracha on mitzvah al tishas mangerama, and that's why the Ashkenazim of posek the maaseh that they can. According to Maran, Maran holds like the other Rishonim that say no. A lady cannot say, I should get the channel of the Sivanu, because really she's not commanded. Right. But the Torah, she's back Sivanu. And therefore, ladies are, while they can fulfill the mitzvah, but they're not allowed to make a berachotamaran, to be a berachotamaran. And that's the subject of this, uh, the support over here, whether ladies can make a berachah or not on the mitzvah taseh. Shazeman Gerama. Comes the Gemara and continues. <coughs> So what we learn in the Mishnah, that when it comes to a katan, you're able to deal with them, meaning teach them to blow the shofar, in order they could, they could, they could learn. Okay? So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Avir Azar, Afilu B'Shabbat. Wow. Now you can teach the kids to blow the shofar, let them blow the shofar, even on Shabbat. Now, what type of Shabbat are we talking about over here? So the, most of the Shonim learn, we're talking about over here Shabbat Rosh Hashanah. Wow. Okay, Shabbat Rosh Hashanah, but the question is, on Shabbat Rosh Hashanah we make a Gezerah, we don't blow the Shofar. So how can you let the kids blow the Shofar Rosh Hashanah? No one's blowing the Shofar. So some Shonim want to learn, no, it's talking about Shabbat Rosh Hashanah in the case where there was a Beddin. So remember we learned in the last Gemara that in front of Beddin, oh, you can blow. blow the Shofar. Even if it made a gezerah. So therefore, when it says on Shabbat in front of Beit means Shabbat means in front of Betin. Other want to say, no, not even in front of Betin. Right. Because since bottom line, there's a mitzvah involved over here. So today we don't blow the Shabbat because of, let's say, a gezerah. But even on the Shabbat that is not in front of Betin, when it comes to Ketanim, you don't have to stop them from blowing the Shabbat. You can let them blow the Shabbat because bottom line, it is a mitzvah of Shabbat. So the question is, when it says the Shabbat, to what extent? It's Shabbat Rosh Hashanah. Some usually want to even talk about a regular Shabbat. But we're going to go to the Yishuddin, Shabbat Rosh Hashanah. So the Omah Olah is either, either it's talking about the case where it's Mutar, meaning in front of Bedin, or even the case where there's no Bedin, but it's a mitzvah of the Shofar itself. So therefore we let the children blow the Shofar in order to learn how to make the Tiki'ot. So comes the Gemara and says, Tanya Namehachim. We have a bright time. Mitasekin ba'em. You're able to mitasek, meaning... Engage with the children until they learn. Even on Shabbat. Then the Brighter says, And you don't refrain them from blowing on Shabbat. And all the voices on a regular Rosh Hashanah without Shabbat, certainly you don't have to stop them. Now there's a question in this Brighter. Because the first part of the Brighter says you can engage them, which means you can promote it. The second part of the Brighter says, you don't stop them. Don't make up your mind. To give us a goof, I guess, yeah. Which is that you can teach them, you can show them how to blow the year to Kiyot, Achila Medu. Which is you can tell the kids, blow the Zomad. Let me hear the sound. No, do it this way, do it that way. You can teach them. However, then you said in the right, now what? You don't stop them. You don't stop them. So as far as the don't tell them to most of us. So make up, make up, the, make up your mind. What is the Baraita really allowing over? Is it allowing the Ketahila to let the kids blow the Shofar? Or is it saying that they're doing it, you don't have to stop them? So the Gebra says, Nakasha. Kan bekatan shegiya lechinuch. Kan bekatan shelo hegiya lechinuch. It depends. Depends how old the child is. Let's read Rashi. Kan bekatan shegiya lechinuch. Metasekin... So once already he reaches the age of Chinuch, age of Chinuch means 
uh, that he's already able to blow the shofar, he's able to understand, he has an ability to learn, so then uh, you can teach him. Why? Because since he reaches the age of Chinook, so now he's like, uh, not Hayav yet, but he's going to be Hayav soon, so therefore you can teach him, and of course in or the more so you don't have to stop him. However, which is ready is less than the age of In this case over here, if he blows the shofar, you don't stop him. But look at that to teach him. No, so now she's learning that there's a bigger kula by a katan than Now to understand this, so the mefarshim say over here like this. Harishonim שכתנים <laughs> First of all, you tell me why. You can be lenient even on Shabbat of Rosh Hashanah. We don't blow the shofar. You can let a katan shegel yehanuch. You can tell him to to blow the shofar. The odd madua be katan shegel yehanuch and mitasekin. Meaning, eventually the katan shegel yehanuch is going to become a gadol. He also needs to to learn how to do it. So you don't want to understand why 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 for this one year and for the other one no. So he says v'shitatri shaketanim shegel yehanuch and meakibim b'Shabbat. Which means a katan that reaches chinuch, you don't stop him on Shabbat. Why? Because once he reaches chinuch, there's Yisud Rabbanan over here. Which is part of chinuch is what? Making sure that they don't uh, make any suit. So therefore, it's the opposite of the Tazavot. The one that you have to refrain is the Igiyal Chinuch guy on Shabbat. Because now already, if you can let him blow the Shabbat, go. Let him blow the Shabbat. You tell me to do Yisud Rabbanan? But if he's blowing the shofar, you can believe. It is a mitzvah, the shofar. It's the only thing that's stopping him is because of the gizrav shabbat. So you don't have to stop them. It's like a regular yisur. However, even they could let them blow on shabbat. You don't got to get stopped them. It means teach them because they reach chinuch. They reach chinuch. Yes, they reach chinuch. So let's have a sevara afuchot over here. And what the, uh, who's lenient? According to Rashi, we're more lenient on a katan shegil lechinuch. But lo egi alenuch? No. According to someone's the exact opposite. We're more lenient on the katan shegil lechinuch. Do whatever you want. Just kind of like the egil lechinuch. Lo shabbat even the katayla. However, the egil lechinuch, well, we don't refrain him on Shabbat, but the katayla to tell him to blow it on Shabbat, that's going to be asur. Comes the Gemara and says, v'amitasek lo yasa. Which means the one that is training the uh, child, let's say to blow the shofar, so he's making sounds. Now he's not having kavanah to be yotze. He's teaching. So therefore he's just uh, involved in making sounds uh, to teach. So since that guy has no intention for the mitzvah at all, he's absent-minded, exactly, just making sounds, so he's not yotze. So the Gemara says, Right. It's mashma that only because this guy over here, he's not even having kabanat to make sounds even. Which means he's just making, uh, you know, different, uh, let's say, noise coming out of the shofar. However, tokeya uh, leshir, where the guy's having kabanat at least to make sounds, that sounds like it'll be good. To sound, sounds for the shofar. Look at that sheet. <laughs> I mean, he's not even having kabanat to blow. Even for, even not for the mitzvah, he's just uh, he's playing around. He said he's absent-minded. Like just blowing into the uh, shofar, making making noise. Or or let's say the guy was just blowing in the shofar and a sound came out. He didn't even expect the sound to come out, so he's not even have kavana to make a sound. Granted, the guy that's blowing the shofar to make music, he might not have in kavana for the mitzvah, but he's having kavana to make a sound. So the kavana is making a diuk. A mitasek, the absent-minded guy that's blowing, it's not even having kavana for blowing. Right? He just blew into the shofar, a sound came out. Oh, look at that. That you're not your say. Mashmah, if you had kavana for the sound, but not for the mitzvah, could be. Yeah, you say. That kavana says, Lema misayal el Let this be a proof for rava. Why? Now, Marava, Atokeya Alishir, Yasa, 
כשאומרים בקוטר הערבה של מצוות אינם סליחות כוונה. אז איפה? לא תענו כוונה, אז מה לא? אמריקות סאונד, סובת קאלס. סובת כוונה של נו, דילמת, אוקיי, על השיר, נמה, מתעסק, קרילה. כוונה של נו, maybe that's also considered in the realm of מתעסק. מתעסק doesn't only mean absent mind where it can't have כוונה. Even if you ask about the boy, there's a covenant for the mitzvah, maybe that's also called mitasek. So we have no proof. You can't, you're holding you because what? Mitasek is no good, but she it is good. Who told you? Maybe in the realm of she, if mitasek is also she, and therefore mitasek is no good, and the she is also no good, and therefore you have no raya. Somebody that hears from a mitasek is no yatsa. Again, this guy over here is blowing the shofar. He's not even coming out to do anything. He's just blowing and the sounds are coming out. So you happen to hear the sounds from this guy. So as Shomeyah, you hear from a guy who's blowing absentmindedly, you're not Yotze. So the Gemara says, But let's say a guy's blowing the Shofar. He's blowing with Kavanah to be Yotze, but for himself. That's a Shomeyah and a Mashmiyah. Which means he doesn't have coming up for the guy. He doesn't even know the guy's there. Smash so mind that case. Yata. Only in a case where the guy who's blowing it is a mitasek, it's no good. Because he's not even coming out to blow. But if the guy's having kavana to blow for himself, smash so the guy who's listening, will be your set. So the Gibran says, You want to tell me it's if that's true, then this will pose a question against the Bizra that we learned earlier. Why? Where was the story with the Bizra? Okay, yeah. If you remember, the Bizra told his Shaliyah, He told, listen, have kabana to make him blow for me. Right. Which is according to this, what we're just saying now? No, he, doesn't, he shouldn't have to tell him that. As long as he's blowing for himself, and you heard it, it should be enough. So for, we see, obviously, that the yuk of this Mishnah is against the Bizra. So the Gemara says, no, Dilma, I did it, Tana Resha Metasek, Tana Sefa Name Metasek. No Diuk. Which means, since the beginning of the Mishnah was talking about a Metasek, that's the guy that was blowing the shofar for his child, and he was teaching his child, he called him a Metasek. So the end of the Mishnah just said, as Shomeya Mena Metasek, Mena But not only a Mena Metasek, even Shomeya from a Mashmiya Loyatza. Oh, so why don't you tell me Mashmiya? We're using the word Metasek already in the Resha. So what's the way we use the word Metasek in the Resha? We use the Metasek in the Sefer, but you have no Raya that uh, against the Mizera. Because really, I'll tell you, even a Mashmiya. Yeah, because it's. Okay, fine. That's the we must blow the shofar at each one of those intervals. According to one opinion that we learned yesterday. According to another opinion, you didn't blow in Malchuyot. You actually blew in Kiddushat Ayom, Zikronot, and Shofarot. But the point is, in each set, they would blow a Tiki'ah, a Tiru'ah, and a Tiki'ah. So therefore, it was three minimal sounds that were blown. Every Tiru'ah has to have a Tiki'ah before it and a Tiki'ah after it. A Tiki'ah is a straight sound. The way Gemara calls it Tiki'ah Pishutah. Because it's a straight, long sound. Teruah, the Gemara is going to give different understandings of what, what it is. Either it's short, staccato sounds, like we know, tu 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 or it's a longer sound that we call a shivarim. The Gemara is going to learn exactly uh, what exactly the Teruah is supposed to be. Because Teruah is a vague lesson. Teruah literally means a, a crying, wailing sound. So the Gemara is going to discuss how you get to that sound. But the first part of our Mishnah is to discuss how long the sounds have to be. So the Mishnah begins. Seder Tikiot regarding the order of the Tikiot Shalosh, which means they're at three intervals. Malchuyot, Zikronot, and Shofarot. Shel Shalosh Shalosh. And each one has three sounds. Tikiah, Teruah, Tikiah. So again, Seder Tikiot Shalosh. The order of the Tikiot is three, meaning you have three intervals for Malkuyot, Zikronot, and Shofarot. Shil Shalosh Shalosh. And each interval there is three sounds, meaning a Tikiah, a Tiruah, and a Tikiah. We would call that Tarat. Okay, that's what I would say. 
Now, the Mishnah continues, Shi'ur Tekiah Keshalosh Teruot. The Shi'ur of one Tekiah, or actually, Shi'ur Tekiah Keshalosh Teruot is like three Teruot. Now, what does this mean? That the Shi'ur of a Tekiah is like three Teruot? We'll see. The Shi'ur Teruah and the Shi'ur of a Teruah is Keshalosh Yevavot. Now, according to that Shi, a yevava is a short sound, like tu. That would be considered yevava. So shalosh yevavot would be tu, tu, tu. The shiur that it would take to make three yevavot, three minimal sounds, so that's the shiur of a teruah. And what is the Mishnah saying? Shiur tekiah ke shalosh teruot. It would be like a, a nine. Oh, be nine. So that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that a, a, a tekiah is going to be nine. However, the Mephashim are going to explain over here, that shiur tekiah, that the shiur of a tekiah meaning, look at the top of the spot, shiur teruah keshalosh yevavot, right, the shiur of a teruah is three minimal sounds, perush bekontras, shelosha kolot be'alma kolshu, okay, three uh, minimal sounds. Now, let's understand shitat rashi here. He says it. Yevava who called Katsar calls you. Vimken. Masha amnu shiur teruah keshalosh yevavot. Haynu shiitka shelosha kolot ketsarim. Tu tu tu. Vetekiah he beorek shel shelosha kolot ketsarim. And one tekiah equals a teruah. It's one for one. This one tekiah equals a teruah. So a tekiah is the shoot of what? Three, three. Two, it's just a straight sound with the shiur of three. Now, how does Rashi uh, understand the lashon of the Gemara? Shiur teruah kishlosh yevavot. So he says, explains like this. <coughs> now. <coughs> Stop it for a second and explain it. According to Rashi, when it says at the beginning of the Mishnah, mm-hmm. a shi'ur of a tiki'ah is like shalosh teru'ot, uh-huh. you have to go, it's talking about all of them together. Yeah, no, you think according, that according to, in a Rashi, it's one for one. Which means it's one tiki'ah equals one teru'ah. And one teru'ah is shalosh yevavot, which is two, two, two. So it's two... Oh, dude, that's a tikiyah. So again, so now sh- a shiur of a tikiyah, meaning how many tikiyah are in each? Uh, uh, no, in, no, no, no. Watch the first tikiyot. The first tikiyot of each set. So there's three of them. Yeah. Correct. Which means there's tikiyah throughout tikiyah. The first tikiyah of each set. So therefore, it's three tikiyot altogether. So the three tikiyot are equal to three tikiyot. So it's really one for one. Now, once already tell me the first tikiyah is uh, that side, we know that the last tikiyah has to equal the yeah. first tikiyah. Then we'll say, it's a confusing way of saying it's one for one. Shalosh is out of point. Correct. <laughs> when it says shalosh tikiyot, it means, it means, means all, all three. three right. right. When it says shiur tikiyah, I'm sorry, when it says shiur tikiyah, it means shiur of all the tikiyot. Shiur of all the ones. It's shiur of the first tikiyah, he says. All the firsts. The first tikiyah balchuyot, the first tikiyah zikronot, the first tikiyah shofarot. All together, the first tikiyahs will come out to three teruot. Ah, ah, it's three teruot. Right, Ben, that's right. Ah, don't say Ben. No, 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 According to that, she one tikiyah is three. Three what? Hey, three yevavot. What three what? Three yevavot. Three teruot. Lucky that he's giving it. Okay, it's which is three yevavot. A teruah is three yevavot. No, don't get the nine. No, no, wrong, wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. One tikiyah. Stop. A tikiyah equals a teruah. A teruah is three yevavot. Three yevavot is two, two, two. So one tikiah hence equals to the shiur of three yevavot. It's a very short sound. 
Now, it doesn't say in the Mishnah it's one for one. It's because it says one tiki'ah is three. Tiru'ot. It means the all shi'ur tiki'ah. The shi'ur of all the first tiki'ot of the sets equals three tiru'ot, which is really saying one tiki'ah equals one tiru'ah, and one tiru'ah equals three yivavot. Therefore, the transitive, one tiki'ah equals... Uh, three Yibabot. Yeah, but the 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 you don't know that already. 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 What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I didn't say Shalosh Shibot. I said one Yibabah is three. Each Yibabah is three sounds. Two, two, two. So three Yibabot is nine sounds. So therefore, according to the Tzafot, when it says that a Tiruah is three Yibabot, that means the Tiruah is... Two, 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 nine sounds, and a shiur tikiyah is nine sounds. Wow. So it's one tikiyah. It's still one for one, but it's nine. So a tikiyah is much longer. Yes. I read that inside. Okay. Vechat v'atzafot. Shledat rashi. Okay. Asur le'arich. Okay. Dat etosfot. Shishiur yebaba. Who shenosha kolot ketsarim? How much time? Okay. 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 That Rambam, he says, Now we're going to get to what a Shivarim is. Okay, but he says a Tiru'ah and a Shivarim, whatever Shivarim is, or whatever a Tiru'ah is, it equals the same Shi'ur. V'shi'ur Tiki'ah, hu kehatsi Tiru'ah. He's like, it's half of a Tiru'ah. Whatever a Tiru'ah is, so the tikiyah is half the shi'ur. So start to finish Talking about the, the first one, the first one of each set. Of the set. Correct. 
Now, all the time, that's right. Why is it that, that we don't go with our first assumption in the beginning that three and, and nine, like we, we thought it was? It's not different. We're saying what it is now. What it is now is but that. Why? What do you mean, why? That's what he's talking What does the Yavava mean? What does the Yavava mean? You read it at first time. Read it. What are you reading? Read it. You read it. Read it. You say, you say that. All right, gentlemen. Okay, now we explain. There is a machloket over here between the she and Tosafot on what the shiur of the yibaba is. As we learned, the shiur of the yibaba is a short. Sound. So when the Mishnah says that a Tiru'ah is three Yibabot, that means a Tiru'ah is two, 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 three short sounds. When the Mishnah says in the beginning that a Shiur of a Tiki'ah is Shalosh Tiru'ot, the Mephashim understand that it means that all the Tiki'ot of all the sets, meaning of the first Tiki'ot of all the sets, meaning the Tiki'ah of Matriot, Tiki'ah of Shofarot, Tiki'ah of Shofarot, those Tiki'ot equal Three teruot, which really means it's one for one. One tikiyai equals one teruah. And since according to Rashi, one teruah equals three, if I want to three short sounds, that means a tikiyai equals three short sounds. To Tosafot agrees with this interpretation, but he argues on what a Yevava is. He says a Yevava is three short sounds. Hence, when the Mishnah says, Shi'ur teruah keshalosh Yevavot, that means a teruah is nine short sounds. Two, 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 two. And since a tikiyai equals a teruah, the Tikiyah is one long sound in the shoot of nine. Yevavot. Comes the Mishnah and continues. Takabarishonah. Now let's say you blew the first Tikiyah. Let's say Malkuyot. And then you blew your Tiruah. Umashak Veshiniyak Keshtayim. We had this case. And your second Tikiyah, you blew it extra long, which was the size of two. So you want it to be counted as two tikiyot, one for the end of Malchuyot, and one for the beginning of Zikronot. It only counts as one, as we learned in the Gemara, of and you cannot split a tikiyot. Which means, a person, let's say, made a berachara. She says, it palet musafin. And he made nine berachot, right? And he didn't have a shofar at the time. Now, if he finishes the musaf, because normally you have to blow the tikiot in the musaf. So, Misha berach ve'arka gnumanelo shofar, tokeya omeria ve'tokeya shalosh pa'amim. So, you can blow the shofar three times after. But you don't think that it's ma'akev, that if you don't blow it in the musaf, then you can blow the shofar. No, you blow it after the musaf, you just blow three sets. Keshev ch'shaliyah simur hayav, just like the shaliyah simur. Is Hayab, which means he has to pray uh, the Amidah, right? He has to make the Hazarah. Mm-hmm. So to every individual is Hayab, which means an individual that knows how to read cannot be Somech on the Shariah Simur Hazarah, which means the Shariah Simur Hazarah is only for what? For those people that are not Baki. But just like the Shariah Simur has to pray, so too everybody else has to pray. You cannot rely on the Hazan's Hazarah for your Amidah. Rabban Gamliel Omer, Shariah Simur Motsi et Tarabim Yedeh Hobatan. He says, no, a Shariah Simur can be Motsi, not only the Bikiim, but even Misha Enobaki. That's a fantastic Mahloket. The Gemara will explain the nature of this Mahloket. But that's the simple interpretation. How far can the Shariah Simur Motsi? Is he Motsi only the non-Bikiim, the non-readers? Or is he even Motsi the readers? Come to Gemara and says, you told me in the Mishnah that the shi'ur of a tiki'ah is three teruot. Kebras is ve'at tanya, shi'ur tiki'ah ketru'ah. What are you talking? We learned in the bride that it's one for one. Amar abayeh, tana didan, kachashiv tiki'ah dechul lehubabeh. Our tana is counting the tiki'ot of all the sets, meaning the first tiki'ah of all the sets, and all the Tiruot. So that was really three against three. The first three Tikiot, Tikiyav, Tikiyav, Zichronot, Tikiyav, Shofarot, equals three Tiruot of all the sets. 
Tan Abaran, Tan Abdebraita, Kahashif Had Baba Betula. It's only considering one set, one blowing. There was one Tikiah for one Tanuah. They're saying the same exact thing, just in different ways. Now, automatically, once I know the first Tikiah has got to be a certain size, the deen is that the second Tikiah has to equal the first Tikiah. So, therefore, everybody agrees it's one for one. One Tikiah equals one. Comes the Gemaran says. And as she just says, Both the Mishnah and the Braitha were saying the exact same thing. Shi'ur In the Shi'ur of a Tiru'ah, we said it like three sounds. So what are you talking? It says that the Shi'ur of a Tiru'ah is like three Shivarim. Now, Shivarim is a longer sound than a Yibaba. Yibaba is a staccato sound. Two, two, two. A Shivarim is more like two, 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 two longer. So make up your mind. Is it Tiru'ah three short sounds or three long sounds? Again, keep in mind, the Torah does not mention the word Shivarim. The Torah just says Yom Tiru'ah. So we have to figure out what is this Tiru'ah. We know it's a crying sound, but there's different ways people cry. Sometimes people cry in short sounds, or in long sounds. So therefore, we're going to really have to figure out which of the sounds, or maybe both, the Torah was referring to. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abaye, For sure, this is a Mahlok. So in the first case, that a Tiki'ah equals a Tiru'ah, for sure we're able to enter the Mishnah and the Braith to make Shalom. But here, regarding this Braith that says the Shur of a Tiru'ah is like Shloshash Shibarim, for sure it's arguing on our Mishnah. The Torah says clearly that it should be a day of What's the Targum of that? Yom Yebaba Ye'elechon. What is Yebaba? Which means a day of crying. How do we know that? Uchtiv ve'imede Sisera. When the mother of Sisera, Sisera was the Goy general that was delayed, he did not come back from the war. So it says, Be'ad ha'chalon nishkafa. By the window, the mother of Sisera was looking. Ve'tiyavev em Sisera. And the mother of Sisera was Miyabib. She was crying. So now we learned Pirush. It says in the Torah, Teruah. The interpretation of Teruah is Yebaba. What does Yebaba mean? Yebaba means crying. How do you know Yebaba means crying from the mother of Sisera? Because it says she was looking from by the window and her husband was coming home yet. So what was she doing? She was scared. So she was crying. Now, Mor Sabar Ganach. Mor Sabar, one rabbi says, that when a person, let's say, is sick and he's crying, he cries in long sounds, ganuhe in a moaning sound, a long sound, the shivarim. However, umor sabar yalil, that the way a person cries in a sobbing sound, which is short sound, as she says, man da'amar shivarim sabar ganuhe ganach, ke'adam ha'goneyach milibo. Like a sick person, like long sides. So because that we have a fantastic mahlok at Tanaim now. When the Torah says Tiru'ah, Tiru'ah we all agree it's a crying sound. What type of crying sound? Is it a Tiru'ah crying sound? Or is it a Shivarim crying sound? So either way, whatever it is, it's going to be three of it. Which means when it says Tiru'ah equals... Three, Yebabot, that's the short sound, short crying, Yelulei Yalil. Or is the Tirah equal three Shibarim, which is the longer sound, which is Gannuhe Ganah. So to Mahloket, Tanaim, one says the Shibarim of the Torah is the short sound, the Tirah of the Torah is the short sound, which is two, 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 two. Or the Tirah of the Torah is the Shibarim, which is the two, 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 which we would call a Shibarim. Again, we didn't get to what we knew yet. No. But now we just learned there's a great mahalokit exactly how to interpret tiru'ah. Yeah. Is tiru'ah a short sound, which we would call that tiru'ah, or is it a shivarim? And what is that based on? How do people cry? Right. Well, people cry both ways. The question is, what did the Torah have in mind when it said that? And now it goes back to basics. How do you know that this is done with a shofar? Tiru'ah doesn't say shofar. Talmud Omar, the Avarta Shofar, Tiruah. By Yovel, on Yom Kippur, the Torah says, and you shall pass through with a Shofar, the Tiruah. So therefore, you know, on Yovel, Kippur, it's a Shofar. Any Ela be Yovel. Berosh Hashanah Minayin, 
Tavod Omar Bachodesh Shaviyai. So it says over there in the seventh month, Sheen Tavod Omar Bachodesh Shaviyai. It didn't have to say in the case over there of Yom Kippur or Bachodesh Shaviyai, because we know we just took Rosh Hashanah. We know we're in the seventh month already. So what does that have to say in the seventh month on the tenth day? We know we're talking about the seventh month already. No, Umat Tavod Omar Bachodesh Shaviyai. You called to Rosh Hashanah Shaviyai. It teaches that all the tikiot or the tiruot of the seventh month are equal. That just like the tiki tiruah of Kippur is with a shofar, so to the tiruah of Kippur is with a shofar. So how do you know that from? From the extra ubayom ashivi'i. Again, the whole shivi'i. Did not have to tell me we're in the seventh month. I know we're in the seventh month already. We're doing twice Rosh Hashanah. Tell me you're in the seventh month. That's coming to tell me what that all the seven months tiki teruot are equal. Now ubinai in shepeshuta lefaneha. How do I know that the Torah doesn't say anything about a tiki uh, tikiah? By the way, all the Torah says is teruah. Now how do you know the tikiah? How do you know the tikiah before it? Samud Omar ve'ha'avarta shofar teruah. So the fact that it says the ha'avarta, that means you should do something before. You shall sound the shofar before the teruah. Yeah. So from there they learn, they have to do a tiki'ah before the ha'avarta. Ha'avarta is straight, meaning uh, a straight sound. The ha'avarta shofar means blow a straight sound from the shofar before the teruah. How do I know there's a straight sound after? Tamud Omar Ta'aviru Shofar. Because the Pasuk says Ta'aviru Shofar. Which means Ta'aviru Shofar Sechem. After, right, after the Teru'ah, Ta'aviru Shofar, which means you blow another uh, blast after. Ve'en the Ela Be'yovel. Be'rosh Hashanah Minayin. Tamud Omar Ba'chodesh HaShivya'i. She'en Tamud Omar Ba'chodesh HaShivya'i. Umat Tamud Omar Ba'chodesh HaShivya'i. She'yu kol Teru'ot. Ha'chodesh Shivi'i, that's here on the top line. She'en tamud omar b'chodesh Shivi'i. Now, katav lan bechema mekomot, yom kippur b'chodesh Shivi'i. Right, in several places we know that kippur is in the seventh month. Right? Ve'akai yom kippurim ketiv. Now we know, it says kippur. The explanation is that what? That we're learning that just like on Yovel, you have a tiki'ah before and a tiki'ah after. So to all the shofarot that are blown in the seventh month, meaning Rosh Hashanah as well, it's blown tiki'ah before and tiki'ah after. Okay, so that's how we know the, uh, the inyan. Now when it says ve'ha'avarta, that she just tells us peshuta mashma. Ha'avarat is a straight sound. Ha'avarat kol echad. Ve'ha'avarta shofar, teruah. And then after it says the word teruah, what does it say? Ta'aviru, the next verse. Yom kumin ta'aviru. Ha'avarat sehila besof utruah ketiva bintayim. Which is it says ta'aviru. Ve'ha'avarta. Then it says Tiruah, then it says Tahviru. So therefore you learn what? Ta'avarta is a tikiah, straight sound. Then it says Tiruah, then it says Tahviru, another straight sound. So there you learn Tikiah, Tiruah, Tikiah. But that's only by Kippur. How do you know by Rosh Hashanah? Because it says Mahodesh Shaviyai. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen.